in a series called Enemies. I've titled today's message, Write It Again. Write It Again. This is actually my favorite message in the series of messages that, that I'm preaching. Uh, it's my favorite. I think, I think next week will be the most impactful, but, but this is my, my favorite message in the series, Write It Again. Let's look in the Old Testament, in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter number 36. I'm going to begin reading in verse number one. It says, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Take a scroll and write on, write on it all the words I have spoken to you concerning Israel, Judah, and all the other nations from the time I began speaking to you in the reign of Josiah till now. Perhaps when the people of Judah hear about every disaster I plan to inflict on them, they will each turn from their wicked ways. Then I will forgive their wickedness and their sin. So Jeremiah called Baruch, son of Neriah, and while Jeremiah dictated all the words the Lord has spoken to him, Baruch wrote them on the scroll. Now, I want to begin today's message a little differently today. I want to begin by giving you a really short Bible history that I think will help you as I begin teaching today. Jeremiah is one of the major prophets of the Old Testament. Now, there are 17 books of prophecy in the Old Testament. Now, five of those books are called major prophets. The other 12 are called minor prophets. Now, now the major prophets are not more important than the minor prophets. They're, they're called major prophets because their books are longer or they cover a longer span of history. So they're called major prophets, and Jeremiah was, was one of them. Je- Jeremiah is often known and often called the weeping prophet. And he faithfully cried out and wept, and he faithfully he prophesied to the nation of Judah, and he told them to repent of their idolatry, to repent of their wickedness, or they were going to experience judgment from God. And so he was prophesying to them and telling them to repent, and you're going to experience judgment, but if you do repent, God's going to extend grace to you. He's going to bless you. You're going to experience his, his restoring power in your life and in the nation. So he was prophesying this to the nation, and the nation did not like it. They did not like hearing that God was going to bring judgment upon them. They did not like hearing uh, Jeremiah's prophecies. The, the leadership, the, the, the rulers of the land did not like it. The people did not like it. So, so they kind of hated Jeremiah, and, and they ostracized him. They, 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 they ridiculed him. They beat him. They, they, they threw him into prison sometimes because of his prophecies. And then we get to Jeremiah chapter 36, and I read four verses to you today. And when you get to that chapter in Jeremiah chapter 36, God speaks to Jeremiah. And he says, Jeremiah, I want you to write down all the words I have spoken to you. I want you to write down all the prophecies I have spoken to you. And and Jeremiah in chapter 36, he had already been a prophet for around 23 years. So this was no tall, little small task. It was a tall task to sit and write down all the prophecies over 23 years of ministry. And so Jeremiah calls his assistant, his secretary, his name is Baruch, and he says, hey, 
I'm going to dictate these words to you, and I want you to write them all down. And over the next several months, uh, perhaps a year or two, Baruch wrote down all the words that Jeremiah gave him throughout 23 years of prophetic ministry. And then when the, when the scroll was done, Jeremiah, he was restricted from going to the temple. As you can read that in chapter number 36, there are some scholars that believe he was restricted from the temple because of, 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 of the hostility the people had towards him. They, they didn't like him. They didn't want anything to do with Jeremiah. They didn't, they, they didn't believe in his prophecies. So, th so they restricted Jeremiah from the temple. They, they did not like Jeremiah. So, so Jeremiah tells Baruch in chapter 20, 36, he says, I want you to go to the temple. It's a season of prayer and fasting. The people are fasting right now. And I want you to go read these prophecies to them. So Baruch goes on, on behalf of Jeremiah. He shows up at the temple, and he begins to read the scroll to the people. And as he's reading the prophecies to the people and telling them they need to repent, God's going to bring judgment upon the nation. Some of the, one of the rulers of the land overhears, oh, Baruch. And he says, you come with me, Baruch, I want you to come. And he brings him in front of the other officials of, of, over the land, over the other rulers, and, 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 Jeremiah, and, and Baruch begins to read Jeremiah's prophecies to them. As, as, as he was reading them, they said, hey, hey, Jer hey, hey you, you, you tell Baruch, Jeremiah, Baruch, you guys go into hiding. We're taking this to the king, and more than likely the king's going to want to kill you, arrest you. So go into hiding where nobody can find you. And so Baruch goes into hiding, and they take, in verse number 23, in chapter 36, they take the scroll to the king, and they begin to read the scroll to the king. And verse 23 says, as they begin to read the scroll, the king would cut it and throw it into the fire. He would cut it and throw it in the fire. They would read more of the scroll, how God was going to bring judgment, and he would cut it and throw it into the fire. And the king literally threw the entire prophecy, all of Jeremiah's life's work, into the fire and destroyed it. All of his work is gone. And some of you can relate to Jeremiah today. Because many of us have experienced loss due to an enemy. You, 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 your, your life, you feel like at times, has been thrown into the fire. You were fired from the job, and it was really your coworkers' fault, but they blamed you, and your job was in the fire. Your best friend had an affair with your spouse, and, and your marriage is is in the, in the fire. You had a close friend that you trusted betray you and stab you in your back and you feel like your relationship is in, in the fire. Someone has embezzled money from you. You trusted them with your retirement. You trusted them with your money. You trusted them with your company and they embezzled money from you and, and your finances are in the fire. Someone has assaulted you. Someone you trusted raped you. Physically, sexually, mentally abused you. And you just feel like life is in the fire. And you find yourself depressed, disillusioned, hurting, your dreams shattered. You feel like 
your hope has has been put in the fire because of an enemy that has attacked you. Some of you would say, you know, it's my dreams. I had dreams for my life, for my future, and, and they're being burned in the fire. Some of you are are saying my marriage at our, our campus is Indianapolis. You're saying it, 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 it looks like it's, it's in the fire. I don't see how we can recover from this. And it looks like your finances because of an enemy. They're, they're burning in the fire and, and you lost your job. And not just your job, but now you're concerned about your career. And, and it's just in the fire. And, and you're just looking. At, and for some of you, it's like multiple areas of your life are in the fire. What do you do when your dreams have been shattered and you find yourself mad and hurt and depressed and wounded and defeated and demoralized by an enemy? What do you do when, Jeremiah, you've recorded your life's work and it's been burned by an enemy? I want us to look at that in Jeremiah chapter 36. I want to pick up reading in verse 27 in this story. It says, after the king burned the scroll containing the words that Baruch had written at Jeremiah's dictation. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Take another scroll and write on it all the words that were on the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, burned up. What what do you do when an enemy has destroyed something in your life? I'll tell you what you do. You do what God told Jeremiah to do. You take another scroll and write it again. Take Jeremiah, I know your life's work has been burned up. I know you lost hope. I know you lost your dreams. I know you and Baruch are hiding for your life. But Jeremiah, take another scroll and write it again. And that's a word for somebody today is God is telling you your life has been burned up. Some area has been burned up. You're struggling. Your dreams have been shattered. Your relationships have been broken. And God is speaking to you today. Take another scroll and write it again. Oh, it's quiet today. Come on, I need some help today. Come on, just turn to your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor right now. Find your neighbor. Just look them in the eyes. They've lost some things. And you just tell them this. You tell them, take another scroll and write it again. Go ahead. Come on, all campuses, tell them. Come on, Indy, tell them. Take another scroll and write it again. Come on, find your second choice. Everybody has a second choice. Find your second choice and look them right in the eyes. They've lost some stuff. Come on, all the campuses. Come on, Indianapolis. Come on, everybody. Look at your neighbor and just tell them, take another scroll and write it again. Yeah, take another scroll and write it again. Today, I, I want to inspire you today. I, I'm a teacher by nature more than I am a preacher, and I like to go line upon line, precept upon precept on a text. And though I will teach, I want to inspire you. I feel like that's my, my assignment from God today is to inspire some of you today to take another scroll. And write it again. So I want to inspire you. If I could hoop, I would. But I'm not a hooper. I can't hoop. I can't hum. I can't sing. But I'm going to do my best to preach what the Lord has given me to touch your heart. Because somebody in this house today, somebody at our campuses today, needs to take another scroll and write it again. Number one is this. Write it again with God. That's for somebody today. Write it again with God. 
Jeremiah chapter 36 and verse 27, it says, after the king burned the scroll containing the words that Baruch had written to Jeremiah at Jeremiah's dictation, notice it says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. God spoke to Jeremiah a second time and told him, write it again, write it again. But come on, if you're Jeremiah, you're like, hold up, God, hold up. Now, you told me to write it the first time, and I did. And then an enemy burned my life's work in the fire. And now you're telling me to write it again. God, why didn't you stop my enemy from, from, from burning it up the first time? Why did you allow this devastation and this pain? Why did you allow my dreams to be shattered? God, you're sovereign, you're all-knowing, you're all-powerful. Why did you allow an enemy to destroy my dreams? Why did this happen? God, can I even trust you again? And friends, can I tell you as you Read about Jeremiah. Jeremiah didn't push God away. He didn't even blame God. Instead, the Bible says the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah again, and Jeremiah listened to the word of the Lord. People's church, when an enemy attacks you, don't push God away. So many people, when, when they suffer devastation, an enemy has attacked them, they, they start blaming God. Some of you are there right now. You're blaming God. You're upset with God. And friends, please hear me. God didn't fail you. People did. God didn't destroy you. People did. God is not evil. Some people are. God is not bad. Some people are. God is a good God. But if you're not careful, you'll put up walls towards God. You'll block God out of your life. You've been through pain and heartache and devastation. You've lost some stuff. The enemy's burned it up in the fire. And now you're mad at God. You're shaking your fist at God. You're upset with God. You're blaming God. You're blocking God out. And the word of the Lord will come to you just like it came to Jeremiah. It'll come a second time. And the Lord will speak to you. He's trying to speak. And some of you are blocking God out. You're mad and you're upset. You won't listen to God. You're not in his word anymore. You're not trying to hear the voice of the Lord anymore. And God's trying to speak to you. Take another scroll and write it again. Would you write it again with God? Would you quit being mad at God and blaming God? You will encounter enemies, but God's a good God and he loves you. And Jeremiah, although his works, his life Work was destroyed. He obeyed God, and the king burned it in the fire. He didn't put up walls and push God out of his life. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time, and he listened. Would you allow God to speak to you, and would you go to him and not away from him? Number two is this. Number two is this. Write it again with relationships. Write it again with relationships. Notice in Jeremiah 36 and verse 32, it says, So Jeremiah 
took another scroll and gave it to the scribe Baruch, son of Neriah. And as Jeremiah dictated, Baruch wrote on it all the words of the scroll that Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire. And many similar words were added to them. I want you to notice that Jeremiah and Baruch didn't allow an enemy to destroy their relationship. Friends, can I tell you, the natural human response for Baruch would have been, man, I'm not writing that again. Ha, better find you somebody else. I've been, in, I've been with you for months. You've been dictating. I've been listening, eating ramen noodles, writing this stuff down. You've been wearing out my hand. You've been dictating me. You've been talking too fast. I've been writing for months. It's been over a year. I wrote it all. And then I went the extra mile, Jeremiah, because you've been restricted from the temple, so you asked me to go to the temple. I go on your behalf. God didn't give me all them prophecies. He gave them to you. I went for you. And I read it to the people. They got mad. I'm hiding. They want to arrest me because of the prophecies that God gave you. They're after us, Jeremiah, and now you're telling me to come on and write it again? No, uh-uh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. No, uh-uh. I'm not writing again. You better find somebody else. Oh, no. That's not what Baruch, Baruch said. That wasn't his response at all. He decided to work with Jeremiah again. He decided to trust again. People's church, we can't give up on people. When an enemy hurts us, hear me today. We can't give up on people when the enemy hurts us. It makes me think about Jesus and the 12 disciples. Jesus selected 12 men, and they literally did life with Jesus. He mentored them. There's no greater mentorship than when you tell somebody, just follow me. Follow me, just walk around with me. They did life with Jesus. They ate with Jesus. They fellowshiped with Jesus. They, they, they spent all their time together. They, they, they were with Jesus, and they watched him perform miracles. They got, Jesus actually used them to perform miracles, and they cast out demons and to open blinded eyes. They seen Jesus feed 5,000-plus people with a couple of fish and five loaves of bread. I mean, they've they watched Jesus. They, they, they've been with him. They watched Peter walk on the water. They, they've experienced miracles. That, and that they've left, they left everything for Jesus. They become friends. You're spending all that time together for three and a half years. You're talking about life. I mean, why'd you leave everything? Tell me your journey. How many kids do you have? And they were friends. They were close. They were boys. They were tight. And then one day Judas decides he's going to start stealing some of the money. And he's stealing from the treasury. Judas's heart, he gets so wicked that Judas decides he's going to betray Jesus. And Judas is in conversation with some of the leaders, and they want Jesus. He says, I'll give you Jesus if you pay me. And then Judas walks the leaders to Jesus because they're looking for him. And he says, the one I kiss, he's the one. And Judas not only betrayed Jesus, but the other 11 disciples. He stabbed them in the back. He broke their heart. He wounded them. 
Jesus dies on the cross. He, he rises again on the third day. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he tells his disciples to go to the upper room and, and to wait for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus is in heaven. Judas kills himself. He hangs himself because, of, because he betrayed Jesus and the disciples. And, and the disciples go to the upper room, and, and they're praying and seeking God. And here's what the Scripture says about this moment in Acts 1 and verse 20. It says, Peter continued. This was written in the book of Psalms where it says, let his home become desolate with no one living in it. It also says, let someone else take his position. Talking about Judas. Let somebody else take his position. Pick somebody else. I know he hurt you. I know he betrayed you. I know he stabbed you in the back. But select somebody else. He goes on, to say, goes on to say, verse 21, so now we must choose, we must, we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men who were with us the entire time we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. Friends, the disciples knew it wasn't God's will for them to stop trusting people because an enemy betrayed them. The scripture says they had to select a new apostle so they could continue building relationships, continue trusting people, continue doing ministry together. Can I tell you the natural response when somebody hurts you and betrays you, gets somebody that you love killed and murdered on a cross, the natural reaction is, I'm not picking anybody else. People are crazy. Capital C. Huh, I'm done with people. I'm not selecting anybody else. But the disciples knew just because Judas went rogue and hurt them and betrayed them that they could not stop trusting people and building relationships and doing ministry together. They knew they couldn't say, you know what, I'm just going to do ministry by myself because I don't want to mess with people. No. You got to learn to write it again with relationships. Listen to me, people's church. When people hurt us, and they will. When people disappoint us, and they will. When they take advantage of us and steal from us and inflict pain upon us, it's not God's will for us to give up on people, to become isolated, loners, a hermit, to feel like we don't need people anymore. Most of us, most of us have been deeply hurt and wounded by people, but it's not God's will for us not to continue to build relationships. You know what God is simply saying to some of us? Write it again. Trust again. Build relationships again. Have friends again. Love again. Because some of you have said, it's come out of your mouth, you have said, I'll never trust anyone again. I'll never let people close to me again. Some of you have uttered these words, I, I'm just going to keep up walls. I'll allow people to only get so close to me, but I won't let them any closer. I'm not going to get hurt like that again. Listen, that's not God's will for your life. Don't allow an enemy to destroy the relationships that God is trying to bring into your life to get you to where he wants you to be. Don't allow a past enemy, how somebody hurts you, to cut off everybody else. When it comes to relationships, take another scroll, write it again, 
Baruch, Baruch, I know, I know, Jeremiah, you spent all that time, it got burned in the fire, but Jeremiah, Baruch, write it again together. I know, disciples, you've been burned, the, the, the Judas betrayed you, but select somebody else and keep doing ministry together. Write it again. Number three is this. Write it again when it comes to steps of faith. Write it again with steps of faith. God told Jeremiah to take another scroll and write it again. And friends, Jeremiah stepped out in faith and wrote it again. His life's work has been burned up. He had a setback, but it did not stop him from making a comeback. He took another scroll and wrote it again. And in people's church, I know you've been knocked down. But don't let it stop you from getting back up. Don't stay down. You're knocked down. Don't stay down. Take another scroll and write it again. You've been wounded, but you're not dead. Take another scroll. And write it again. I know you're limping, but you can still walk. Take another scroll and write it again. Your dream has been delayed, but it will not be denied if you'll take another scroll and write it again. Come on, this is for somebody right now. One of our locations, Midwest City. Northwest, Indianapolis, right here in Oklahoma City. God is speaking to somebody. The enemy's burned some stuff up. You've lost some stuff. You're hurting. You're frustrated. You're fighting depression. Take another scroll and write it again. Write it again. Take a step of faith again. Come on, ask someone out on a date again. Come on, again. I know they said no, and I know you've been hurt, and I know the last relationship didn't work out. Take another scroll. Write it again. Come on, some of you look pitiful right now. Toe up from the flow up. Come on, get you a new outfit. Some fake eyelashes. Some cologne and some perfume. Come on. Get your hair did again. Take another scroll. Come on, somebody. Take another scroll and write it again. I know your marriage has been a disappointment and you're hurt and you're wounded and there's been betrayal and you wonder, can my marriage make it? Come on, schedule some marriage counseling and take another scroll. We're not giving up. Take another scroll and write it again. I know you lost your job and the job you got now you don't even want and you can't find a job. Come on. Draft up a brand new resume. Get one of them old pictures from 10 years ago when you was 20 pounds lighter and send that baby out again. Take another scroll and write it again. Pastor, I went to college for two and a half years and had a baby and life happened and I ran out of money and and here I am, six years, 10 years, 15 years, never finished my degree. I wonder if I can ever finish. Listen, going back to college, take another scroll 
and write it again. Some of you are so mad at God that you quit coming to church. You're so sporadic in your church attendance, you just hit and miss and hit and miss once a month, once every other, because you're just frustrated, mad, church not working. Listen, don't let an enemy run you out of God's house. Start coming to church faithfully again. Take another scroll and write it again. Get in a small group and make some new friends. I know your old friends left you high and dry. They did some things that wounded your heart, but don't let it stop you from getting in a small group now and building some new relationships. Take another scroll and write it again. Come on, I know it's fall and all the good stuff, sweet potato pie and pumpkin pie and cookies and candy and come on, somebody, eggnog is out now. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Eggnog is out. Eggnog milkshakes. And some of you are like, yeah, I can't wait to pound some eggnog milkshakes and pumpkin pie. I'm depressed anyways. Dreams are shouted. I'm going to eat till I pop. Come on, start back in the gym again. Again. Come on, take another scroll and write it again. I know your business partner betrayed you and you can't believe you lost your business. I'm telling you, the word of the Lord is start a new business. Take another scroll and write it again. I know your dreams have been shattered and you wonder, can my dreams really come to pass? I look at all that happened and all that I've lost and listen to me, you can't go back and get a brand new start, but you can start today and get a brand new end. Take another scroll. Come on, somebody. Take another scroll and write it again. I know life's been hard. You've lost a lot, but it's not over. The reason is that there's still breath in your body and the reason that blood is still running warm through your veins, Jeremiah. I know you lost your life's work, but you're still breathing because I'm not done with you. Take another scroll. And write it again. Proverbs 24 and verse 15 says, do not lurk like a thief near the house of the righteous. In other words, don't mess with the righteous. Don't hurt the righteous. Don't burn and damage the righteous. Don't steal from the righteous. Come on, all of our locations, just look at your neighbor and say, don't you be messing with me. Go ahead and tell them, don't mess with me. I am righteous. I belong to God. It goes on to say, do not plunder their dwelling. Why? Verse 16, for though the righteous fall seven times, they're attacked seven times, they lose seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. And you have fallen, you've lost some stuff, you've been attacked, you messed up, the enemy's burned some stuff in your life. But let me tell you what the righteous do. They rise again. Take another scroll. And write it again. It's not over. You're not done. The word of the Lord for you today is to take another scroll and write it again.